1: Did you want to say something, Kelsey? I said lots of options, just an FYI. (laughs) I'm like, what's happening in
0: there? Uh, The best time to make friends is before you need them. That is from Ethel Barrymore. Any relation to Drew Barrymore?
1: I thought the same thing. Probably.
0: You think so? Yeah, her family is like very famous. Like the lineage is there, so... Let's assume,
1: Very which is a terrible thing a to do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the best time to make a friend is before you need them. I think that is uh, very good advice, Ethel. Welcome back, heel Squad. Happy to be here with you today. We are going to be talking all about how to break up with your friend. Big topic. Very exciting. We're going to be chatting with my friend Erin Falconer, who's been on the show before. She wrote that book, How to Get Shit Done. How to Get Shit Done. How to Get Shit Done. Get shit done. Now she's teaching you how to get shit done in terms of breaking up with your friends. Um and uh it's a real thing, you know? I think that it's uh it's one of the hardest things. It's very obvious when you have to break up with a guy and that's hard enough or, or a girl, whatever your partner, your the person you're with is, but um Yeah, breaking up with friends seems to be that much more like difficult and also a little bit taboo because then what does it say about you if you're, you know, breaking up Mm. with a friend, you can't keep friends. I mean, there's a lot of drama attached to it. And I know I've helped uh, some friends through this. And I think I have pretty good advice when it comes to it. Erin actually asked for some. (laughs) It's in the book. (laughs) Sneak peek. I'll tell you my favorite piece of advice is when a friendship is no longer kind of working. um, And you, this is the way I've done it, where if I can tell like this relationship has run its course or someone maybe is toxic, um, but I don't want all the drama, Right. So what I'll do is I'll move them to cousin status. (laughs) I thought that
1: was brilliant. (laughs) Thank you.
0: So they go to cousin status, which is like, I am grateful for the times we had. I'm grateful for the moments that were good, but now clearly things are changing. The dynamic isn't working anymore. Perhaps this person is becoming more jelly and, you know, and negative and whatever it is. And then they just go to cousin status. Love you from afar. And maybe, maybe I'll invite them to something here or there, like a party, big party where it's like, okay, you know, they're not going to really do any damage. Or maybe I'll see them once in a blue moon now, by the way, if you're someone listening to this and I only see you once in a blue moon, doesn't mean you've got a cousin status. It just means I don't good have caveat, time. Good caveat. But it's true, because <laughs> yeah. sometimes people listen to this and then they assume I'm talking about them. Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> you're like
1: I'm not, I swear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So um so anyhow, yeah, I think cousin status is a great way where it's like. Some cousins you don't really see, you don't really engage with, and sometimes it's just a distance thing, sometimes it's you never really got to know them, yeah, right,-, mm-hmm. so there's a connection, and you don't need that connection to be like completely severed, but you know doesn't mean you're you cousin,
1: have to, yeah, I think that's really smart, it's so hard, and this is what we were talking about briefly before, Maria, I think. At least I know in my experience, if I feel like a friend isn't serving me or or we're not serving each other, you know, it's, it's hard, though, if you have history, because it's hard to make new friends, especially as you get older and older and older. Mm-hmm. So then you just try and salvage it. But then it's like if it's really not serving you and like I said, you're not serving each other, what's the point of salvaging it? Then you're just putting in more energy and that Mm -hmm. energy could be going into making new friends. It's just hard. Do you
0: feel at 27, like it's hard to make friends?
1: Yeah, I do. In this city. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I don't like I work and then I go home. Like, it's not like I really go out. And even if you go out, it's like, you're going to the bars. You don't make friends at bars. So like I'll make friends of friends Um, or like through the show I've made, honestly, most of my friends recently. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful for that. So I I feel like unless you have a place of work where you're making friends, it's hard in a city like this.
0: Mm -hmm. I hear you. Um, I think, yeah, this show really helps me as well because I have incredible people that I'm speaking with every day. So I've made some really great friends through the show. Um... But it's also on you to really make those connections, right? Look, think about, I'll never forget Gabby Bernstein sitting here. And she was like, I know we're supposed to be best friends. We're going to be best friends. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Right? But it took her courage to say that when, when you're older, it's a little scary. Like everybody has their established friendships. And then now you're the one who's trying to like wiggle in. But it's not weird at all, right? So... I'm so grateful that she said that because she also taught me by example that I can do the same. And now I'm teaching all of you by example. If you see somebody that you think is great and maybe like you admire or or you think you guys would click and be great friends, just say it. Like, I think we'd be great friends. And that's it. And if they they reject you, okay, cool. Well, they're going to miss out. <laughs>
1: and, and I feel like most likely they won't reject you. No. Because you're not going to say that unless you really feel it, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like... If someone's giving you the eyes and it's like, okay, there's a, like a chemistry, I'm talking like in a different kind of way, obviously, like a more, you know,
1: relationship, chemistry, like, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing.
0: Um there's an understanding. Okay, I'm looking at you, you're looking at me. So it's the same thing with friends. Like if things are clicking, you can just say that, right? Some, same thing with Erin. When she was here, I'm like, oh my God, I feel like we could be really great friends. And I went and met her right after and timing. It's like, don't let a lot of time pass mm. because once you let the time pass, then it's so gone. That moment's kind of gone. So you got to like jump in there with, you know, yeah, with that kind of aggressiveness. You know, Marie Forleo, one of my my new friends, It was the same thing. She was coming into town. I was like, let's do this. Come over. We're going to get together. Blah, blah, blah. And, and she was the same way. She's like, I really feel like we would be great friends. So I've been learning from other people that that's kind of like a thing. Mm -hmm. So I share that with all of you. Um, if you find somebody you think you could be great friends with, go for it and choose wisely. Yeah. You know, the thing is, and I see it in a lot of young people. I see, I've seen it with you, Kelsey too. And by the way, I see it because I've done it too. Mm. We get very comfortable with certain people Mm -hmm. and they become our go-to because it's just easy because you know each other, they're comfortable, you know, you're going to have a good laugh, but there's not much else there. Mm -hmm. And then you don't know how to get out of it. So then I had Kevin who would like pull me out I mean, sometimes it was like a claw fest. <laughs> I, you know, just stayed in certain friendships way, 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 way too long. Um, but you know, I think it's going to be really cool. I want to, I want to get Aaron in here because there are so many different kinds of friends, and I thought that was really cool. And then the toxic friendship description mm-hmm. blew me away because I started realizing, oh, I have one of those. <laughs> I didn't realize that that would be defined as toxic Ooh. and then I read this and I go oh Ooh. she toxic she, she toxic oh shit well I, I I know it because I feel bad I don't feel good when I'm with this person most of the time mm. I can have a moment but it's like an alcoholic it's like oh they're na- nasty like the whole time and then they're good to you once and you're like oh amazing thanks I
1: love them yeah yikes well, I'm excited to get into it yeah I just like that this is like a blue a blueprint like I'll keep this book and I'll refer back to it mm-hmm. you know like the homework she gives you I just think it's I think it's really really cool and with the variety of friendships I'm excited to get into that with her because that's something that obviously it like it makes sense but I don't really think about it you don't want all the same people with all the same like viewpoints you yep. want a variety yeah so I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear
0: All right, we're going to take a break, heel squad. When we come back, Aaron Falconer. rating and a comment on apple podcasts that's amazing second you could join the better together with maria menuno's instagram page third you could share the show with a friend in need and finally for as little as ten dollars a month please join our patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers ad-free episodes of our show and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to patreon Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Erin Falconer is the author of How to Get Shit Done and Now How to Break Up with Your Friends. She's a digital entrepreneur, the editor-in-chief and co-owner of Pick the Brain, one of the most trusted self-improvement communities online. She was named one of the top digital entrepreneurs in LA, damn, by LA Confidential, and she's one of the top seven women changing the digital landscape for good by Refinery one by Refinery29. (laughs) She's a friend, incredibly inspiring woman. Heal Squad, welcome Erin Falconer. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited that we get to talk in person finally. I
2: know. I know. This is so nice.
0: So how to break up with a friend. How do you go from how to get you done to how to break up with a friend.
2: Well, you know what? It's funny because as I was looking to do the follow-up, uh, of how to get shit done, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, very rooted in female productivity and exploring that landscape. I was going in a bunch of different directions and kind of spinning my wheels. I kind of got into an idea or two and I was like, Oh, this is it. This is it. Nothing was really sticking. And then, you know, five months after starting, I woke up at like six in the morning, kind of half awake, half asleep. And this statement uh, or question or whatever, how to break up with your friends just kind of was in my mind. And I was like, what's that all about? Couldn't stop thinking about it Hmm. all day long. It kind of kept coming back to me. And, you know, a couple of days later, this, Thing is still in my head. I'm like, what, what, what is this? It won't leave me alone. And as I started to reflect that on my own friendships and where I was in, you know, my life with my own friendships, um, I started to think about how much energy I was spending on, um, you know, being irritated or less than fulfilled and kind of just like bothered by certain people, but not really knowing why and not really doing anything about it. Um, and then when I looked at other friendships that I was really drawn to and still very invested in. I was like, wow, they give me so much energy. And yet these other relationships, I feel like, are taking so much energy. Mm-hmm. So when I got right down to it, I was like, actually, even though it doesn't feel linear, I think there's a really a direct connection between taking stock and being intentional and active in your friends, in your friendships. Um, and if you're not. Um, if they're not giving you energy, they're taking energy. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's a through line to productivity. Um, although it's not obvious, it's, it's really meaningful.
0: Well, what I loved about the book is you also have a lot of science behind everything. And I think you also talked about, I'm trying to get back to the connection between how to get shit done. But, you know, you were talking about in your early days when you were doing Leaf TV and Mm -hmm. you were so busy, the first thing you would cancel was your friends. Right. uh, You would cancel on your friends or you would pray they would cancel on you. And (laughs) I was like highlighting that part of the book. I'm like, that was me. I would be so excited when people canceled on me.
2: Yes. I don't have to be the bad guy here.
0: It was the first time I heard anybody else say that. Right. I felt like such a shit (laughs) thinking like that sometimes, (laughs) but you know, when you're so overwhelmed and overstretched, Mm -hmm. you know, you think of what's absolutely necessary.
2: Yeah. And so I think that that's like where I had a bit of a pivot into the second book is like my go-to is like, I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. Get the, get the, you know, drinks with friends or the coffee with friends off the calendar. I need to free up, free up time to do, you know, stuff that's more important. And then as I reflected upon it, I was like, that's. it feels counterintuitive, but it is the meaningful interaction with your friends that you don't want to take off the list. This is where if you're doing it right and you're very intentional, you actually fill up your energy coffers. And so you can take a little bit of the day's stress off you. Again, if you're with that person undistracted and really connecting with them, I think it's absolutely foundational to productivity and reducing burnout and you know, generally being a happy, happier person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the inclination to say, oh, that's just lightweight fun. Um, it's only lightweight fun. If, if that's where you're categorizing it, if you say this is actually meaningful and I need to connect with somebody outside of work or outside of my romantic relationship, um, to really rejuvenate myself, I think that's the lens you want to be looking at friendship through. Right. And the thing is the book is called how to break up with your friends, but there's actually, as you know, only one chapter on how to break up with your friends. There are nine chapters on why meaningful friendship is super important now more than ever. And there's a lot of science about, you know, how it affects your physiology, your mental health, um, and then also just your quality of life, mm-hmm. and so I think we've been dialing these friendships in for so long. We need to take a real critical look and at, at, at just how we can do them better. And if the ener- and if the angle needs to be because it'll make you more productive, because people are so obsessed with productivity, yeah, then that's the angle that we're going to use to get in there to open this conversation up.
0: I love that. Yeah, I, I, and you quoted me in the book, and I, <laughs> yes. I, st- I stand by everything is any time i was super sad mm-hmm. i realized kevin would say you just haven't seen your friends yeah, go see your friends totally and he would point me in the direction of friends that he knew would fill my cup because mm-hmm. they would see me right and that was another thing you mentioned is right. a lot of the loneliness comes from a lack of friendships where you're seen
2: right exactly because you're you're either meeting up with people because it's a legacy friendship or out of obligation because you've invited You've, you've been invited or you think you should meet up with them. But when you're active and intentional and in making real choices around, you know, I need or I want to see this person because this relationship fills me up and I f- and, and, and vice versa. Right. You have to be an active participant also in contributing energy mm-hmm. to the friendship. Um, but a lot of times, like if if we do things out of obligation, like, oh, you know, oh, I got invited to my friend's baby shower or something like that or my, my friend's child's birthday, right? And it's like, I got invited, so I should go. You're actually throwing away energy if that's not somewhere where you really feel like you can contribute or you've got the bandwidth for if it's more it's more important to say, I'd like to carve out, you know, thirty minutes or an hour to really sit down and have a tea with this person or a coffee and connect, as opposed to be running around a birthday kids' birthday party like let's say I don't have kids and this I'm nobody really gives you know, cares. You're just another and, body at the party. Right, and you're just I another can't. right exactly. <laughs> so this you also have to look at like the obligation mm-hmm. element and say, and that also goes back to the how to get shit done is like just because you're invited doesn't mean you need to go. And so you have to be intentional and say, I really want to see you, but this isn't, this isn't, this time is not time well spent between the two of us. What can we do that is time well spent? And then Mm -hmm. you navigate what that is for the both of you, but you can't do that without analyzing it and then communicating it. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're doing so much stuff just like, oh good. I got invited. Let me add that to my calendar. Now on a Saturday, when you really should probably be sleeping in or going to the gym or whatever, something really good, you're standing at a Three year old's birthday party going, Oh, what am I doing here?
0: Yeah, or the baby shower where you have to watch a million gifts open. Opened,
2: like this. Can is a, we please is a end that tradition?
0: It right. is insane. It's embarrassing. It's the worst. It's
2: so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, you my know? God. Ugh. And
0: then it's like, it's so awkward for people who are like, you know, are they going to like my gift? Oh, and then uh, gift comparisons oh. and all, it is. Like, pulling That's, my eyelids yeah. mm-hmm. off my eyes. Right. I just can't. Stab me with a fork right. in them. Like, right. I just... You, I co- you couldn't ask me to do anything worse. <laughs> I hate it. Right. And I know someone's probably listening, like, anything worse. But it's, it's true. I really dislike it. I just do. Right. I would never put... It was like the wedding stuff. Like, I always tell people, you know, um, I... If we were going to have a wedding, I was going to make it a party where people could come in their flip-flops and right. just not have to do the whole buy a new outfit, make right. it all the the invitations and the table settings and the seat the, mm-hmm. the charts. Like when I did Our Wedding in Greece, it was like open seating. Yeah. Here's a bar. Here's some music and some food. Let's keep it chill. Yeah. Let's keep it easy.
2: Because mm-hmm. that's what it's about. Yeah. It's not about that stuff. It's yeah. about...
0: I mean, there were people in, from the village that were in their jeans. There were yeah. people that were dressed up. So I was like, whatever, come as you like, no <laughs> yeah. big deal. But, um, but yeah, I want to share some of the science actually behind some of this because I always think it's the hardest thing when you're promoting a book to remember. <laughs> 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 so I didn't want to put you in that position. But a large-scale Swedish study found that people with fewest social connections were at a 50% increased risk of dying of cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. crazy and should you get heart disease friends help you recover um in a study of the journal of the american heart association patients with solid social support had better outcomes as well as fewer symptoms of depression let's see um, oh, there's me smashing the page when you talked about canceling on friends. Uh, Dean Ornish, who studied the habits of people living in blue zones, ge- geographical areas in which people have the lowest levels of chronic disease and live longer than anywhere else in the world, like Greece. Uh, the time we spend with loved ones is the single most important determinant in how long and how well we live. Um, I thought that was a really, really great they're statistic. Say,
2: yeah, they're saying now, um, and it's Vivek Murthy, who is, I think he was Obama's Surgeon General, and I think he also now might be Biden's. Uh, he's written a lot about blue zones and uh, just the importance of social connection. And he predicted that starting almost effective immediately, and I think this is kind of sped up coming out of the pandemic because there's so much you know, mental health, obviously there's You know, physical health problems, Mm -hmm. but there's so much mental health problems arising that soon doctors will recommend socialization and ask you about your socialization patterns, just as they ask you if you smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol. Like it'll factor in at that level. Like, and where do you fit in socially? Like, are you seeing people? How often? Just like how many cigarettes do you smoke a day or how many drinks do you have a week? How often do you socialize in a meaningful way with people? Because that's how directly it, it impacts your health.
0: When you're on the go 24 What's up, Hill Squad? You guys know how hard we work here every day to bring you this show, and we are so excited to announce our newest partner, Macy's. I used to work for Macy's for years, by the way, as a fragrance spritzer, shopped there my whole life and still do. And if you've been listening lately, you know my word for the new year is active. But when I looked at my gear, it did not make me want to move. So I'm revamping my athletic wardrobe at Macy's.com backslash better together. It was all old uninspiring stuff and now i'm adding a few new pieces and i'm giddy to get active so they've got so many great brands to choose from but here's my favorite part i'm curating a special list for you and me just go to macy's.com backslash better together and check out what i've handpicked in athletic wear and other items that i'm excited about because they have everything you need not just for a wardrobe refresh but for every life category so trust me it's all cool stuff that you need to get better and be better from desktop smartphone sanitizer cases to cozy winter pjs and more p.s i'll be adding to it constantly and i hope it will help you with any ideas for you and your home or even just gifts kev's valentine's day present is in there so shh don't tell him help support the show by using our link macy's.com backslash better together if you're going to make any purchases with macy's it helps us so much in keeping the lights on as you know Thank you, as always, for your support, friends. We love you, and we're grateful for Macy's that they saw our authentic connection and came on board. We are better together. I know. I experienced yeah. it. You experienced yeah, it, right? Yeah, totally, Absolutely. I mean, when you didn't get to see your friends, how did oh. you feel?
2: Well, this is the funny thing. So I went down that rabbit hole. I started, you know, putting the pitch together for the book. I went out and I, I sold this title February 23rd, Hmm. which is three weeks before the pandemic started. I, and I thought this, obviously this, this uh, topic was important then I could not have predicted what was literally just around the corner. And as everybody knows, unfortunately, you know, we went into quarantine and all of those friendships were immediately kind of ripped out of our lives. We had our immediate family only, and that was it, basically, right? And so I remember in those early days, there was like, you know, when we realized, okay, this isn't like gonna be a three-day thing. This feels like it might be terrible and be like a month. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hilarious. Um, anyways, uh when we realized <clears throat> that this was kind of a round to stay, I got this like kind of onslaught, and I'm sure y- you guys did too, with with these Zoom happy hours. Like I never got invited to a Zoom happy hour. Isn't that funny? What? All my friends were like, different groups were like, we've got to connect on Zoom and da-da-da. And I had such a visceral reaction where I was like, oh my God, yes, to some people. And then to some of them, I was like, oh no. Like, I just, no, I don't, there's so much going on mentally. Like, I just don't feel like I need to connect with this person. And that was like a big, you know, light bulb moment that just continued to continue. And so this book also, like How to Get Shit Done, I, a a large part of it is experimental and it's experimental. I was like, literally as I'm writing this thing, doing experiments on my own, you know, on what was going on in my own life and how I was reacting. And so, um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it is, you know, informational and then there's a real experiential part of it, um, as I was writing it because real time going through that pandemic, it was like crazy.
0: Yeah. It's so wild to know that you got that download, yeah. And it was obvious that you were the one chosen to do this yeah. at that time yeah. because because it was important.
2: Right. You so know, cool. I talk a lot about it in the first book about, you know, I, and I think I say it like it's incumbent upon everybody to find their hot shower. And what I mean by that is how often have you met up with a friend or been with a colleague and somebody comes in with a really good idea and they're like, Oh my God, I had this amazing idea. And they tell you and go, Oh, like, that's great. How did you think of that? And they're like, I don't know. I was just in the shower this morning and it, it hit him, it, you know, it Mm -hmm. came to me. And I was like, that's absolutely not a coincidence because this is often the only time most people have the, you know that two minutes or three minutes when alone. they're in, alone, will warm waters hitting their face. They're massaging their head. They're not really thinking about anything. And what happens? Boom! Something, an idea, and the vo- your internal voice comes up. And so, whether that's meditation or baths or taking long walks, device free, you have to be able to find. 15 to 20 minutes a day, every single day to reduce the chaos, to allow the answers to come Mm -hmm. from within and then start to recognize them when they do. And so when this idea came up, how to break up with your friends, and I, I was in that not asleep, asleep, not thinking of anything again, you know, boom, this idea comes up. And it just wouldn't leave me. But if you have a lot of chaos in your life and you are not living intentionally, you're going to miss those signs and signals all day long, every day. And they're there for everybody. I don't care who you are. So find your hot shower and make it happen every day.
0: I love that. Find your hot shower. I was doing that with my mom where yeah. I would get those downloads on what to do next to her, with her. Right. I was like, God, what do I do next? I'm scared. Yeah. And then the download would yeah. come mm-hmm. and I would go in that direction yeah. and it would work. And I was like, my God, this is unbelievable. It, I have like a direct connect. This is crazy, y- but you have time. It's open. It's open. And you yeah. hear it.
2: Prayer. Yeah. Any kind of prayer is also a meditate. It's a form of meditation, mm-hmm. right? It is literally just calm and peace, trying to access something in yourself or, you know, you know, spiritually, however you, want to phrase it, but prayer is a great, um, is a great way to just reduce chaos and allow whatever needs to come shine through you shine. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to do it. And only you can do it. Nobody can do that for you. Yep. So,
0: so when you realize that you were getting these happy hours, (laughs) we'll get to the fact that I didn't get invited to them later.
2: I'm shocked.
0: Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I, did, I did. I did one. <laughs> I did one drinking Zoom with my best friend Alyssa okay. when my uncle died. Okay, that night uh-huh. we zoomed together. I was super right. sad. Yeah, and we zoomed together and we had a glass of wine because he loved wine. Right, so I did it for him. But I was like. Oh, maybe I should have been doing these. Like the whole Zoom get together. Oh, I was so turned off well, by terrible. it because I did Easter like that. Right. And when you have a Greek family, we're very loud. Right. And you can't hear <laughs> each can't... other when you're in the room, forget on Zoom. So it was right. a very frustrating situation. Right. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Well,
2: that's the thing for me because I have a total visceral reaction, negative reaction to a Zoom Hampier as well. So the fact that I like, even contemplated it with some people was like, <laughs> like, in shining you know. I was like, okay, I really like this person because I'm contemplating doing this ridiculous thing. And frankly, when I did it, I didn't have a good time. And it's not because of the other people. I was like, this is so weird. I'm yeah. sitting in my office. It's dark. I'm hiding from my son. We're drinking. I'm like, oh God, no, this is so lame. I'm not into it, but it speaks volumes about the way I felt about yeah. those people that I was, you know, doing it.
0: So my question is, <laughs> You're having this like real life, real time, real life experience yeah. where you're realizing, oh, I really don't want to zoom with them. Right. So in the process of writing this book, mm-hmm. did you break up with friends?
2: Yeah, um, I needed to get, I needed to get clear so that I, as opposed to just being like, oh, I'm irritated and like dropping it, I was like, I'm irritated. Why? What's going on here? Because in theory, this is one of my friends. And so for each friendship that I kind of looked at, some of them were like, oh, there's been this underlying irritation that we just haven't addressed. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it's not in and of itself, it's not that big. But cumulatively, because I haven't addressed it, I've built up resentments. And I talk about one story in the book with a really good friend of mine who otherwise I really adore. And longstanding friend, she lives very far. She lives on the east side. I live on the west side. So, you know, like driving Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's it's like going to another state. It's like going to another state. It's really Mm -hmm. stressful when you get there for something that's supposed to be fun and you've been stuck in traffic for an hour, blah, blah, blah. And so, but I noticed that she was chronically late. And every, every time, even when she was coming to visit me, which was super rare. And also I was the one that was mostly driving to see her. She'd always come up with excuses and, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll drive. And so, but it was just the thing about like being late and I, I she'd arrive every time and we had like some fantastic story about why she was late. So then like we're hanging out for an hour, but like the first 20 minutes is like, I'm having to indulge her listening to this story that I could not possibly care less about. I hate hearing the
0: late story. Right.
2: I'm like, but we both live in the same city and somehow like anyways. Um, so I realized that like over the course of time, I just, when I was, she'd invite me to plans. I would just like more and more like not go. And, I don't even think I was clear on why I was not going. I just had this built up subconscious resentment. And so that's an example of a friendship that I didn't break up with. Um, but I had to, we ended up having like a very, uh, what I would consider stressful conversation where I was like, well, look, I'm writing this book. I got to i I'm going to say something. And I was amazing. I watched all my- Well, that's like
0: next level. That's not even like, I have to have the conversation with my friend. Now I'm actually going to be writing
2: about this. Right. Exactly. So I was was like, yeah. And it's like that. So like, you know, that's in the book, like every, and it was amazing to watch my instincts of like- Even when I knew I was going to sit across from her and tell her this stuff, I was constant. And by the way, she was late to that meeting. Um, And so I was like combination (laughs) of like really fuming because of that. And then like, see, this is why I'm talking about her. And then I'm going to talk. You know, we need to talk about this. And then also talking myself out of it. like. I'm mad and then talking myself out of it and be like, you know, I don't know. Maybe she is going through something stressful. I don't know if I say something it's going to be really triggering for her. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm making this a bigger deal than it is. You know, we've been friends for so long. But don't
0: you think all those conversations are happening with yourself because you just don't want to do it? Totally. That's it's it, right? It's all
2: fear-based. I I'm think, just
0: talking myself out of yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point right. for us to stress to right. everyone. The second you're having second thoughts about right. it and yeah. then trying to rationalize right. their behavior and what's gone on, it's really because you don't want to deal with it or you're right. scared yeah, to deal with it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so and that's, that's why most of us never say anything right that's, that's why I like cousin status right. just
1: cousin, put exactly.
0: them on a cousin status so you don't have to deal with it exactly. but then at the same time like you have your distance right all right friends let's talk about something we all do snack trust me I've definitely overindulged in the past but as you know I am focused I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy, Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiejis, what do you have? is using the way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way theoua and enter the promo code heel squad for 15% off any product. That's the way T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code heel squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Heel squad, you know, the best thing ever a good night's sleep. I can't believe I didn't know about sleep number sooner. It's definitely changed my sleep quality and my life. Quality sleep is more important than ever as we conquer this new year. So, if you're like me and you hate mattress shopping, I used to always go home unhappy, not anymore. Sleep number makes it so easy. You take a quiz online, then you go into the store and they use a high tech mattress to discover your pressure points. It's an incredible process, guys. Then they take your sleep number, mine's 25. You lay on one or two beds that the quiz chose for you, and boom, you're done. And their beds are even more high tech and mind blowing than I have time to tell you right now, but just wait till you try it. My bed also is. Is temperature balancing and has a foot heater, which is perfect for these cooler months. Trust me, do not go anywhere else ever for a mattress. Discover special offers right now for a limited time at your local sleep number store or sleepnumber.com backslash better. Sleep number proven quality sleep is life changing sleep.
2: Right. And so I think, like, look, if you have a really long standing <clears> friendship <throat> with somebody and you know, they're just like frustrating you over and over again, but you don't want to do like a huge breakup because maybe they're part of a friend group and like you will see them like, you know, once Mm -hmm. a year and you don't want it to be awkward, that's fine. But if you think there's real juice in that friendship and, and beyond the being late, like if that's a relationship, like intellectually you like hanging out with this person or she's really funny or she really provides support in X, Y, and Z way, You don't want to throw that relationship out just because she's late. What you want to do is say, give that relationship some respect and say, this is really bothering me. I'm now noticing this pattern in my own self, like where I'm like distancing myself Mm -hmm. from you. And I want to give this relationship actually a chance. But I'm just telling you my own boundary. Like I cannot sit here and waste 20 minutes hearing why you're late. It's adding insult to injury that you are late in the first place, chronically. And I have really limited bandwidth. So the fact that I'm, you know, driving to you, this is such a pain point for me. Um, and I want to get on the other side of it, but like, I just needed you to hear Like, I'm super frustrated about this Mm -hmm. and it's a big barrier to like getting to the good stuff between us. And then if that person is still perpetually late, it's like, okay, bye. Okay. Cousin status or bye (laughs) (laughs) or, or bye, you know? Yeah. But I think that just also getting you, what you're doing is holding a lot of negative energy subconsciously, right? So mm-hmm. just being able to like, I need to offload this. I don't need to carry this right now. Like it might be scary and, or, you know, you feel like it's going to be, oh, what an energy drag. Like, I don't want to deal with this. But actually when you rid yourself of that negative energy, mm-hmm. you know, these things that have been building up, it's amazing how light you feel the next day. And it's like, whoa, whoa, something shifted. And yeah. that's where you want to be emotionally and also from a productivity standpoint, like that's how your wheels can be spinning like at full speed and in the direction you want to go. Otherwise it's frenetic energy that you can't quite get a hold on.
0: Yeah. I think it kind of goes back to kind of learning how to stand up for yourself, right. which is something we're not all right. really good at or we're all trying to get to. Right. And like, I have a friend who is a longstanding friend Who's just so fucking difficult. Excuse my language, everybody. Yeah. Sorry for the F bomb, but it really, <laughs> really warranted it if you knew. And just, and then what's crazy is I'm reading the book, which is friggin' amazing, by the way. Let me find this page. Oh, here we go Toxic Friends. Mm. And I'm reading the description of toxic <laughs> friends, and I go, oh, I would have never categorized this person as toxic. Maybe a nightmare, but toxic. Um, And yet a lot of those boxes get checked. Right. And it's a really frustrating thing when someone... Like I'll say, oh, there's something I want to pursue. It's like, why? There are a million of those. Oh, yeah. Or just... Or loves... Benefiting from me, but then loves putting me down too.
2: Right. Yeah. I would say that you need to look at
0: that. And you're like, uh, uh. but then again, the battle is mm-hmm. this person was great to me, horrible to everyone around me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you know, so it's like a struggle. So then you're just like, okay, I'll just distance. Right. But the problem is, as you just said, you still carry it. The weight is still on you if you don't actually say anything. But then now, if I'm in that situation and I'm saying this because I know someone else is going to feel it. Now I try to confront this uber difficult person. Right. Do you know how argumentative this person is? Do you know I'm not going to even win? And by the way, it's not about winning. I'm not even going to be able to get a word in. It's going to be so challenging. It's going to suck so much more of my energy out. So I'm just like,
2: well, here's a question. Whatever. Do you want to still be friends with this person? Like, is this person providing, is this relationship providing value in your life? Because
0: it's so hard right? because there are certain things, yes, mm-hmm. but it's just like the bad just really just outweighs mm-hmm. the good sometimes. Right,
2: right. Well, first of all, based on the way that this person is, the way you're describing her, so I'm a big fan of like if you are going to have a tough conversation or break up with somebody, you know, you want in the best case scenario, you want to do it either in person or on the phone, like with a voice, but not all Friendships are created equal, and if there is gonna be you want to get the information to this person in the way that she can best receive it and so mm-hmm. it sounds like to me this is an email, and like <laughs> not, no really because it's like letter thought of that let her, right. let her sit with these words mm-hmm. with nobody and maybe she might fire off some reactive email back you don't even need to read that first of all for like a week, you know yep. just let her sit in these words as opposed to like you you taking your time and energy when you know it's just going to be deflected right back onto you. And the information, your information, even if it makes it to her, which it doesn't sound like that information will even make it to her, it certainly won't be received. And so Mm -hmm. then what's the point, right? So like there's a way to put that in an email and say, listen, I just need you to hear this and then detail out what the problem is. And if you do still want her, her, this relationship in your life, say, look at like, I, I, love you for X, Y, and Z reason, but I, you know, we need to find a balance between the negative and the positive here because it's just taking my energy and I, I don't, that's not good. Yeah. You know? So if we can come to some sort of agreement on like, You putting a cap on, you know, poo-pooing me and, uh, and maybe, you know, a lot of times people are so up in their like own world. Like they don't even realize how they're behaving or perceived out in the world.
0: Yep. No, no, no. Absolutely like, no self-awareness. Right.
2: And so, like But by the way, that's everybody. Right. There's so little self awareness. Right. All you do is
0: watch walking contradictions, or, right. or at least right. I do. Right. Walking Say, contradictions all day. This, doing 90 that. Day Fiance recently. I'm watching 90 Day Fiance, <laughs> and the girl, full on, says she has secrets she's keeping from the guy because she's afraid he wouldn't have wanted to be with her. Right. One was <laughs> uh that she had been married before, and right. this is a, a very devout Muslim guy who does not want to marry someone somebody who's been married before, apparently, whatever. And then um, the fact that she's adopted and like her family issues and uh, hiding everything from him. Okay. He lies about his age by a year and a half, maybe two years. Mm -hmm. She flips out, (laughs) goes in her room in whatever country they're in, is bawling hysterically. The mother's like, she's really overreacting over this. I just can't believe this person's lying to me. And I just, I've gone through so much in my life and everyone takes advantage of me. And he can't even, he won't even tell me truths and this and that. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. You are literally in one interview talking about how you have kept truths from him. Now, do you want to say keep truths or lied, whatever words you want to use, and you're hanging the guy for lying to you about his age, what are we talking about? It's insane. But then I have, so then back to the friends thing, Mm -hmm. I have another friend who I've distanced myself from, who is, want to talk about late, just cancels every time. Yeah. Always excited to schedule the plan. Cancel. When I say, if I show you the text thread, you guys would actually start crying laughing because you would think, wow, this is so pathetic. Cancel, cancel, yeah. cancel, cancel, cancel. And then as now actively trying to make plans, I go,
2: why would I ever do that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have a little self-awareness.
2: Go back and look at your behavior. I don't just look at the text chain. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's one of the things like again, going back to uh, you know, what we were talking about at the beginning where <clears throat> it's like You have to, I think, to make these relationships really work for you, just like a romantic relationship, you have to commit to it. And that doesn't mean you commit to seeing them every day. Mm -hmm. Whatever the rhythm is right between the two of you are, you figure that out, right? And you measure expectations and make sure you're on the same page. But you have to make a commitment. If this person is not committing to this relationship, I got news for you, there's no relationship. And the thing is, all that's doing is providing irritation to you and also... At least subconsciously being like, whoa, like what's going on? Trying to figure out what is going on here because it's weird. As you said, she's excited to see you. And then like, and probably, and by the way, it has nothing to do with you. This is no. a woman that's got a, like, no, doesn't have a grasp on what's going on in her Probably does this with
0: everyone exactly. in her life and is wondering why she's probably lonely. Right. No plans. I don't know.
2: The thing about it is, you know, um, when you look at like the kind of modern therapeutic landscape, um, there's individual therapy, there's couples therapy, there's uh, family therapy. But there's no fair therapy for friends, right? Mm-hmm. And what and why that matters is that there's no kind of language around conflict. There's no language around conflict resolution. There's no blueprint about how to operate in these friendships because, mm-hmm. like, if this were a romantic, if these, let's say you were dating this person. Well, this person's gone. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you know, consciously and subconsciously, you've got like a blueprint of what is um, okay and what's not okay. Right. And you just be like, bye. Peace. Like you're But we don't have that for friends. But we don't have that. And then we we keep like hanging in there. And it's, if you put it on in the romantic context, you're like, well, that person's a fool. Why would she keep doing that, right? But here we are with our friends, and it's like, Damn. we expect these friendships to be these lightweight things that are nice to have, but thats they're not. They, they, and no meaningful relationship is just a nice, lightweight thing that you can kind of tap into and tap out of whenever you want. It's certainly a different dynamic than a family member or a romantic partner. The responsibilities are different. However, any relationship that is worth having takes work, mm-hmm. right? I and mean, how many times have you heard, if somebody asks you, what's the key to the success between you and Kevin? Well, it's a lot of work, you know, we're constantly reevaluating who we are and like when problem solving, and maybe we're going to couples counseling and we, at certain times and maybe, you know, we go through it and then we work to figure it out and friendships. while well, you shouldn't necessarily be like working so hard because they are a diff, there is a different nature. They still require work Mm -hmm. and you can't, and commitment. And so you can't cancel 25 times in a row on a friendship, on on a friend that, as I said, that's not a friendship. That person is not committed to this. And therefore you're in a relationship with a non-committed partner. So, I mean, you know where that's going to end up. Mm -hmm. You can keep it alive as long as you want, but it's already dead. You know, you can keep it alive in your mind as long as you want, but this thing's dead.
0: Yeah, you're right. Such a mic drop moment. Well, thank God we have (laughs) how to break up with your friends. Erin is our new therapist. (laughs) Um, The other thing that was really cool, well, there's a lot of cool things in here. This is going to be your new Bible, everybody. Um, There was something Kelsey like flipped out about in here. But then also before I get to that, um, oh maybe I'll get to this first and I'll go back to my thought. Um, So you have a part in the book where you talk about realizing you were very good friends with someone. You weren't very good friends with at all anymore. Right. Um, Kelsey, tell us what your connection to that was. As a first time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs>
1: do that. It's it. Wh- what was the word you used, Aaron? Like, like a legacy, a friendship? legacy friend. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, I say history, but I like legacy better. It's these people that, you know, maybe you grew up with or your, mm-hmm. f- your parents are friends with their parents or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, I don't know, that really hit for me. I think we all have those people in our lives that you feel badly not maintaining the friendship, but you have nothing in common anymore. And you're yeah. like, you used to call each other best friends. So maybe you still do. And then like. you're like, wait, we're not best friends at Oh, right. So it's like I think for me, what was kind of like, oh my God, is like, what do you, what do you do with those people, right? Because you don't want to, well, <laughs> you don't want to completely. If there's do history, I put them on a shelf somewhere? Right. Where do I go? I'm where like, do they go? Right. I'm like, I don't want to necessarily make them cousin status yeah. because where there's history, anyways. Yeah. If you could speak to that, that'd be great.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so Kelsey, I love you. That's hilarious. (laughs) Where do I put them? What do I do? (laughs) Well, yeah, I think the thing is, Uh. is like, as a person, hopefully you are constantly evolving, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're really doing it right, you are paying attention to where you're evolving and how you're changing and where you're pivoting. Life is rarely, well, it's never linear, right? So paying attention to like all of the zigzags you're doing throughout a life life is crazy right Um, you're going to end up even the core of who you are may stay the same but where you are spiritually intellectually um, energetically is going to be shifting constantly and so by nature some of the people that you've been had in your life for 20 years, some of them are going to grow and evolve with you and, and, and that relationship becomes more dynamic. And some of them naturally will have different pivot points and start going in different directions, not not necessarily worse, but different, right? Mm-hmm. And so you end up on different page a different page than that person is. Um, where you're going to get into trouble, right, and where I think you have to do something about it, is if there is a different understanding or expectation from that other person. So if that other person is with any frequency trying to hang out with you or engage with you and you're just not feeling it, then you've got a problem. You got something you have to deal with. If that person is not really in your life and they are just, I guess a friend on Facebook and they show up in your feed like once a year for their birthday, there's not really something that you need to do about that. But if there is a situation where that person's like trying to hang out with you or trying to engage with you in any sort of meaningful way, then you're going to have to decide where you're going to put that person, and then communicate that to them. Because that's when you're you, you're using up energy subconsciously without even realizing it. You're getting frustrated. You're like, oh my god, I don't you know, I don't want to see this person. I'm canceling on them every time. Or even if they're like texting you, well, you got to respond. That takes energy, right? And so you got to learn that everything you do, if you're doing it in automatic pilot, it's not a choice. And choice is where you get power and energy from. So if mm. you if this person is trying to engage with you, you need to make a choice. Where am I going to put this person and how am I going to communicate it? And am I going to communicate it directly or am I going to cu- communicate it through respectful action? And uh, that you need Ooh, to...
0: respectful action. What's yeah. that?
2: I mean, just managing expectations. Um, like, for example, in, my, in the first book, I, I think we might have even talked about this in our first interview. A good friend of mine called me complaining about another friend of ours. And she said, I'm so frustrated. I've just had it with this person. She calls me every single day, like without fail at like 11 o'clock. And, and this other friend of ours was like an actress and didn't have like a, like a nine to five schedule mm-hmm. kind of thing. My friend and I were both like in an office working. And, and my friend was so frustrated. She's like, she just doesn't get it. Like she's at home watching TV all day. And so she just feels like she can call me at 11. and da, 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 da. And I said to my friend, well, do you answer? And she's like, Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I act bothered and da da da. And she keeps calling. I go, She keeps calling because you keep answering. Mm-hmm. Stop answering at 11 o'clock. Only take her calls if she calls at six or after whatever works for you or on the weekend. Wait,
0: that's like when you talk about in here, you're the co creator. You're
2: the co creator. Yeah. You teach people how to treat you and you teach these relationships how to treat you. And so that's a good example of like, if somebody's calling you at 11, in the middle of a workday, don't pick up because mm-hmm. that is a nonverbal signal. It doesn't matter if you're giving them attitude when you answer. They, it's like we're animals, right? It's Pavlovian. <laughs> I call, I you can't. answer. I call, you answer. That's the only habit that they're remembering. They're not me- remembering your attitude, right? Obviously not. They're calling you the next day at 11 o'clock. Why? You, I call, you answer. So start changing the behavior only, and I'm not talking about ghosting. I'm saying find a word, find a rhythm that is right for you and communicate that by your action. This person, this person's going to get it. If you only pick up the phone once a month, she'll start calling you once a month, Mm -hmm. right? It's not going to be overnight, but that's what's going to happen. And if that rhythm is right for you, cool. If it's not, and it's like, you never want to speak to this person ever again. Not that you have hard feelings, then that's maybe something you need to communicate in a nice way, as opposed to like you're never gonna get that, then you're ghosting the person, basically, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: you're the co-creator. And, and you I think you said um it's almost like uh it becomes your fault as well. Right.
2: You have a response. What I hear all the time is this person's toxic, she she's toxic, he's toxic, da da da. da. And I need to be clear that most times the other person is not necessarily toxic. It is the relationship between you that is toxic. And there might be an instigator, right? Like in your case with your, mm-hmm. your friend that you were just talking about, she is clearly the instigator. But your acceptance of her behavior, mm-hmm. your act of choice to keep engaging is what fuels it. Yep. And that person might be out in the world and having other relationships that are di- different, like that, that do work, right? But so it's the relationship that is the problem, not the other person in the sense that you are co-creating what is happening here, either by being, you know, the aggressor or allowing the aggressor to keep giving them oxygen in this relationship. And so when you understand your responsibility, then you understand your personal power, right? And again, that's what you, that's what we want to be doing. Mm -hmm. So it's great teachable moments, even when these relationships need to end. And I talk about a personal story that i had in the book where where i was i would have and i did for years even after i ended this friendship talked about this person as a toxic person and while i do think she was certainly unbalanced in certain ways I really looked. She was. She is. She was the type of person. I don't know if you guys like have know anybody like this. That she's always has drama in her life. Like she's either getting fired or her boyfriend's kicked her out or like she needs to take her dog to like get five thousand dollars surgery and she doesn't have any money. You know, like one of those people that just it feels like they can't quite ever get it together. And um, so I was like her person to call, right? And it was so exhausting for me and it just kept escalating you know i would jump in and like save the day and and i ultimately had to end that friendship and i talk about that in the book but what i realized all these years later was like what so i just dismissed this like this is a crazy person she's a toxic person right <sighs> The thing is that was a missed opportunity because if I really looked at it and I did all these years later, what was my role in this? What, why did I need to be in this? Why did I need to have this hero complex mm. despite it taking all my energy, right? And I, I, I'd wake up the next day after like some crazy thing that I needed to like bail her out of and I'd be like exhausted and I'd text her and I'd be like, you okay? And she'd be like, what? Yeah. I'm just having coffee. Like, what's up? And I'm like, <laughs> what, what? like literally it was like a five alarm fire that I was like all night, like, oh my God, I can't believe. It. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, no, cool. What's up? You know? And I'm just, so, it's but like a vampire. it's like a vampire. Right. And so what in me though needed to be in this, mm-hmm. what part of my ego or self-esteem was this feeling? Was it was this fueling?
0: What significance were you getting from that hero moment? That's
2: right. That's super good information to have if you want to be working on yourself. Right. And, and try and minimize like, leaning into those parts of myself that needs that kind of gratification Mm -hmm. because it's a lose lose. (laughs) You know, I actually, in the end got nothing out of it except a headache. And then like a super awkward, you know, dramatic ending with this person when none of that needs, like, I I don't want to repeat that. It's the thing is, if you don't learn from it, you're apt to repeat these things. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
0: Such good perspective. Yeah. It's, I think, um, when you talk about auditing friendships, it's really important because yeah. how you feel when you're around the person mm-hmm. is so important totally. to kind of identify if this right. is toxic or or what kind of friendship it is. Like, I'm thinking, you know, there's there are friends that I feel like I can totally be me and yeah. shine. Yeah. And then there are friends that I'm muted and very like mm-hmm. in my turtle I shell, shell. Mm-hmm. and and or and then there are friends who, I wanna have a conversation and their heads are on swivels. Totally. Who's who's coming in, who's around, who mm-hmm. and it's like, Wait are we friends? I don't right. even understand. Yeah. Because if we're
2: friends, like we should like Maybe want to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so funny because
0: I feel like that's a very LA thing, though. I don't know if other people's heads are on swivels, but
2: no, they are. It could be everywhere because no, they are. If you're the with your girlfriends may, yeah. and they're
0: looking for guys, then yeah. their heads are on swivels, not paying attention to you. Maybe it's well, like no,
2: and it's just also like they, everybody always has a device like sewn into their hand, even if uh, like, uh, like I'm talking to you and it's like they nuts. might not be looking at who's coming in, but they're looking at oh, what's she posting, what's she posting, mm-hmm. and it's like they're distracted and they're not. Yeah. They're not you know, sharing their full energy with you. And the, the auditing part of this is so, I think, important because we, culturally are and I think I talked to Kelsey about this we are like obsessed with understanding every single calorie we put in our mouth. We're wearing watches that tell us every single step we take. Like we need to have this information. We're like obsessed with Maria Kondo, who's like looking at ways to declutter and take every you know, really and make everything inti-
0: look perfect. Look
2: perfect and be intentional <laughs> about our spaces. And yet people Nothing. Yeah. Right. Just like dialing it in, dialing it in, dialing it in. Super missed opportunity. And I think like the antidote for chaos is creating meaning in these relationships and being intentional in these relationships. And without reducing chaos, either finding your and or finding your hot shower and creating meaning in your life, burnout, frustration, anxiety rising, depression rising, it's just not sustainable. Mm. And It's certainly not sustainable if you want, like, a happy, fulfilled life. Yeah. And I don't even think physiologically it's sustainable. (laughs) Like, stress levels are just...
0: And if you think about everything you're saying in the book, with all the science-backed information, too, if friendships are that vital to our health, emotionally and mentally and physically and and spiritually, everything, and we have friends that are not... Contributing to the friendship or being toxic or yeah. negative or yeah. any of that, then that's actually going to be detrimental hurting your health. That's yeah. exactly it. That's so exactly. we really do need to look yeah. at this in hmm. such a big way, just like we're going to the doctor for our annual physical right. and everything else, because this is a daily stressor in your life.
2: Right. If it's not, I say all the time, if something's not giving you energy, it's taking. There is no net neutral. And so I think with relationships, which are so activating, right, both bad and good, mm-hmm. if something is not providing you value, it is taking value. And so there is no kind of like, there, all these things are floating here. You've got to start being intentional and making choices. And that's how we're going to start again, like making meaning and combating mm-hmm. chaos and slowing things down a little bit. Like, so our brains can process and be, you know, and yeah. recover actually coming two years out of a pandemic, go into a bit of a recovery mode here, because this is just the stress levels have been bananas.
0: Yeah. Because I think that's a really, really important point that we can like social out too mm-hmm. is like Friendships are so good for your health, but then if you have bad ones, they're so detrimental to your health. It's funny. One of the things I think I told you um, is when I I started going on vacation with my best friend. We used to fly together growing up. She she worked for the airlines. Her mom worked for the airlines. And then at some point I realized I am working like a crazy person. Um, Kelsey, just so you know, like vacation, that was like my second year at extra, I think. That's how many years into my career. um anyway, um I said, you know, Alyssa, we like never travel together let's I have that three day window like right after Christmas before New Year's, let's right. like go to Mexico, yeah, and she would be on her phone the whole time, and I would get so angry and so frustrated. now, Alyssa is a friend that, um, I know I can have a conversation with right, and it's not gonna be this like explosive, crazy, whatever. Right. So I said, hey, like, are your friends, are you are you even interested in being here with me currently, or are you more excited to be with the people back in Boston that are freezing their asses off right now? Because right. it really looks like you really just want to be with them. Yeah. And, and she kind of, like, I don't know if she knew how to handle it, but at some point on the next vacation, I said, listen, if we're going to go on vacation, phones are gone. Right. Like, this is our time to hang out it's and commit. to see each other. Yeah. Because the thing is, for me, most of my friends live... Outside of LA, yeah. they live in other states. Right. So when I do have time with you, I really want to like deep dive and right. be with you. Exactly. And and so I cut the devices. I said we only use our devices at night when we go back to our rooms. Right. We check in at home. Whatever. The rest of the time is about us, and it was the best thing. Ever Yeah. so if for you, anybody who's listening out there, Heal Squad, if you have friends that are doing this, oh my God, Meredith, Meredith <laughs> and I have had blowouts about this. Every <laughs> year we go to the Super Bowl, since not pandemic, obviously not. And she'd be on her phone the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, Meredith, we see each other once a year. Could you actually lay yeah. off the freaking phone? And I would, finally, I would get more mad and more yeah. mad and more mad. And she, like, Maria, stop it. She gets so like, whatever. And <laughs> I just like, I literally would like flip out. And I was like, that's it. I'm just like, I can't take this anymore. Right. But, um, but with Alyssa, we were able to change that, that dynamic and it helps. So for anybody who's listening out there, maybe it's not a vacation thing. Maybe it's at dinner. totally, And they can't, you Put the know, phone down. either leave the device in the glove compartment of your yeah. car or have it there in case of an emergency. Fine. We're all so obsessed with emergencies.
2: Yeah. yeah. What did we do fifteen years ago? Or exactly. 20 years ago? I don't know whatever <clears> happened. <throat> it's amazing we survived as a, spe- a, a species because yeah. everybody <clears> is always like, "But what if I get the call?" <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. What call? You're yeah. kind of manifesting something negative to happen right now.
0: Exactly. So if I'm at dinner and my phone isn't in the glove compartment or in my purse, I have it face down. Yeah,
2: face down. That's just etiquette.
0: That's it
2: etiquette and not in your hand
0: again the question is do you want to be at this dinner or do you want to be on the phone with everyone who's not at the friggin dinner
2: yeah watching other people live their lives instead of living your life Right? I don't
0: understand it really upsets me so I want to get into the friendship diagnosis because I really really love this part so obviously there is you know how do you feel how do you behave which I thought was really really important Mm -hmm right yeah um and what role does everyone play let's talk a little bit about that and then i want to go into the different kind of friends and yeah. i and what that all is meant to do
2: yeah yeah so it's it <clears throat> often when we look at friends uh d- you know different friends in our lives we're we're looking at like how they behave or what, you know, kind of they bring to the table. And I think that one of the most important things is to it's always about kind of going back internally and say, "Okay, but how do I show up in friendship? What role do I play? Mm-hmm. What how am I contributing and participating?" And and that answer will be different like with different friends. There'll still be a core though of you that shows up in all of these relationships. But I you it, it's good information to have because when I started, to, you know, Writing all these things down, I realized that I really show up, or what people are coming to me for, I guess more is like the role of like the fixer. Like if there's a problem or a life crisis, or that somebody's got a, somebody's got a big job interview tomorrow, and they want to like, like that's like my friends, like that's when I hear from the most, right? And I love that role, you know, and I feel good about you know being in that role. But when I really looked at it, I was like, you know, I'm one of my shortcomings then I noticed about myself is that I really never show up with vulnerability. Like I never, then when I have a problem, I try to work it out like myself and, um, well,
0: because if you show vulnerability, then they're going to think you're not the one to go to. I'm like,
2: I'm going to ruin my cred, my friendship cred. Right. And the thing is, that's just not true. You can lead with that personality trait, but if you really want a full, complete relationship with friendship, the vulnerability part is key and you don't need to lead with that and I don't need to be calling my all my friends crying at times but when there is something that really is meaningful or I'm scared or I don't have the answers it's really nice to be able to for that relationship to be able to lean on people in a way that you wouldn't conventionally i think one of the things that i think are the most kind of impactful about Friendship, and we talked about this uh, a little earlier, is this idea that you you co-create who you are. Friendships, not only do you mold a friendship, a friendship molds you. And it brings out parts of yourself that otherwise would not be discovered. And so I think when you limit it to a very narrow, um, like, lens, right, you... Are only discovering yourself in that, you know, reciprocally in a very limited way. And what you wanna do is kind of open up the aperture. Again, you're not leading with something which isn't definitely you, but leaning into the parts of yourself which you're afraid to show, afraid to share, because that's where the kind of richness, that's where the, dynamic element of a friendship can really help you evolve as an individual not mm-hmm. just the friendship but what can it do for you and so these things are all kind of magical opportunities for self exploration and so understanding the roles understanding like are you the nurturer are you the fun friend are you the fixer are you mm-hmm. the whatever and then opening up the aperture and saying okay that's great that's who i that's who i am that's how i show up how can i show up differently how can i and play around with it like it's, there's a lot of gold there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I liked reading about the different kinds of friends mm-hmm. and also I'm pretty sure I read something here about, you know, sometimes we'll think that each one of our friends is supposed to be like the wheel of all of these things Everything. Yeah, and they're not going to be.
2: That's right. And then <laughs> yeah. getting information about like what that person is bringing to the relationship for you is so important because we do think like, you're a friend, so you should fulfill all my needs, and that's just not true. Not everybody, you know, alchemically, they're not going to resonate with you on all things, right? And so, we get so disappointed and bummed out when somebody isn't there for us in a way that maybe they're not capable, and that's okay. What are they? Are, what are they capable of? Yep. Lean into that because that's the richness in the dynamic between the two of you. And to that point, do you know the um, psychotherapist Esther Perel? Have you okay? So she is like. You got to follow her. She's yeah. she's amazing. She's Kelsey, got and she's got an amazing <laughs> podcast. She she specializes in couple therapy, and she's got an amazing podcast called "Where Should We Begin," and she sees couples on this podcast. Anyways, she's brilliant, but she has been talking about like. Well, at least I've tuned into her talking about this for like maybe the last six months, a year, talking about the importance of friendship. Because these days, romantic partners have become everything. Yes. No, Kevin's they're the everything. Business, they're the business yeah. partner. We're not just talking about yoga. We're doing it together. Yeah. We're like raising the kids. We're making the lunches. I know everything about every single one of my husband's coworkers. He knows everything about. This takes all of the magic all of the mystery out and think of the weight that has right and if you look at relationships you know and i'm not saying this was a perfect world but if you looked in like you know the 50s or 60s the man went to work the woman stayed at home and i'm not saying that's that is not what i'm advocating for at all but when you look at it from relationally that guy went out and did his thing the woman did her thing when they came back together They weren't talking about what happened all day long. They were like, let's have a martini (laughs) and, you know, talk about social plans or have friends over and we'll have, you know, a dinner and we'll sit around the table and talk and stuff. And so the dynamic of a romantic relationship is so changed now. And especially two years in a pandemic where on top of everything, now you're working from home together. This is bananas. And so the importance of finding friends and saying, this is, this is what this friend can fulfill for me and I for her. This is what this friend, so that it takes just at the very least something off of the romantic relationship. So like Mm -hmm. it can breathe and do its thing. And like the magic that it's supposed to, as opposed to like every, I know every single thing about every single thing, about every single thing that you do all day long. And like in a soulmate sense, that's amazing. But in a practical sense, you, you one should be a little careful to like just, outsource a bit and you have this resource here in friends if you're doing it right to do that
0: I agree it's so funny throughout the course of this whole interview I'm thinking oh my god I don't think I reach out to friends when I'm sad like Mm -hmm. any of these moments when I've been like in the fetal position crying about my mom or whatever it's Kevin who like will run in the room and then we'll get through it and then I'm done yeah because I also don't like to burden people right with everything. Right. right? And but it's I think, not a burden. A yeah. Friendship,
2: it's actually like a strengthener, an honor. Yeah. You know, if, if the, if the person's real and the relationship's real, it's like an honor. And I actually talk about, I had a really good interview. So you, as you know, in the book, so I'm, it's me talking most of it, but I chose 10 vignettes. I interviewed 10 women about their friendship stories. And I interviewed this journalist, an LA times journalist, Lin, Lindsay Sharp, who's um daughter was born with a very rare and terminal disease and so she went through hell the
0: mitochondrial yes, thing yes, yeah yes yeah
2: so she went she and continues to in a you know it's her her absolute joy but it's also i can't even imagine right and she talks about being kind of scared to like burden to friendship and then the revelation of like, it's the, it's the highest pinnacle of respect for the relationship. If you're really going something through and, or like the death of your mom, you know, mm-hmm. these are real things that define you as a person and you want to be able to not just share, but be supported. And people, I think really, if, if they're invested in the friendship, these are like moments of great honor.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, that they could provide any sort of a listening ear or a shoulder to cry on or mm-hmm. any kind of meaningful, you know, shared life advice if they've gone through something. So it's a real opportunity.
0: There was someone else in the book, was the last name Tong?
2: Sasha Tong, yeah, Tong, yeah,
0: where she talked about how she's like the superhero cape girl, right? And then people weren't there for her in return.
2: She she went through this crazy thing. Explain that,
0: because I thought I mean I connected with that because I had to realize that I'm really good at putting my superhero cape on. Kevin and I both are, right. But then when people don't do that for you, you're like confused. You're like,
2: what happened? And it
0: took me a minute to realize that that's just our superpower. We're really good in crisis. Other people aren't.
2: Right. Exactly. And so Sasha Tong, she is um, a co-host for a really popular um, uh, podcast out of Canada and she has, she does it with her friend and she, they, the two of them have a really tight group of friends and her role within that group is kind of like the, the superhero, you know, kind of like ultimate fixer, like when something's going wrong, so that she was that for that group. She is that for that group of friends. And then, um, and this is a really standing f- group of friends. And, uh, a couple of years ago, she woke up one morning and had no vision. She literally was blind and she went to the doc, you know, she'd taken to the doctor and they were like, we don't know what has happened here. And we don't think there might not be a way out of this. We just can't, you know, she went then test and test and test and test. And so for like a year, she couldn't see anything. You can imagine what a horror this is. Right. And she was, when she got, luckily she was able to come out of it and, uh, when she came out of it, she realized like none of her friends showed up for her in a way that she is constantly showing up for them. And so she was so bummed up, uh, bummed out and so upset and so depressed and just really like less than angry. She was like kind of devastated. Right. And then she brought it up to one of her friends and her friend was shocked. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, you didn't ask for help. I didn't, I I mean, I guess I should have known, but, mm-hmm. and so Sasha was like, I was still really angry and like, how could you not have known or really upset? Like, how could you not know? But also that's right. I show up this way. I never once showed vulnerability. I never came to a cry for help. Like had a breakdown with one of them. They really, I think thought just because of the history of the way I've been able to keep it together, hearing their own stories mm-hmm. that I was managing yep. and I wasn't managing. I was scared shitless and literally blind.
0: <laughs> Unreal. You know,
2: imagine how that, you know, sh- shapes your world like overnight. And so like, yeah, it is important to understand like how you show up. It's also important to communicate. Like when things aren't, when people aren't like showing up for you, yes, they could be just being really shitty or maybe they've just like, mm-hmm. You, maybe they need to hear it, and will automatically jump in and be like, "My God, you know, thank yeah. you for telling me, and here <clears throat> I am."
0: That's the thing. I think that it's it's easy to have expectations, yeah, and and that's kind of the worst thing we can do. But um, but the truth is, is sometimes people don't know. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so. Busy. he? yeah. And everyone's so in their life and in the mm-hmm. chaos of their own life, because everyone has their own chaos. Right. And so it's hard unless, it's hard to think that someone can just read minds and right. be there, which by the way, I've expected people to read minds sometimes. Right. And I'm looking back and I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have done that because... You know, yes, it would look very obvious that right, I was obvious. suffering. Right, right. I'm suffering. I don't know. Be nice if you said, "Hey, let me take you out for a drink yeah, and t- relieve you of your pain." Right. Didn't happen. Um, but although me and Alyssa did go, <laughs> we got wait- wasted. It was really nice. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think that you know, it's it's if we can just remember that everyone's so overwhelmed in their own shit.
2: Right. Exactly. That you do
0: have to be more clear. Right. It just sucks when you feel like you have to say something. Right. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah, it doesn't feel good that you have to say something. And
0: how do you say it? Yeah. How do you say, hey guys, I'm really suffering right now? Like, will you take me out?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I. Which is sad
0: because when you hear, so this is what bothered me. When I'd hear of like people. Um, this is what made me, made me want to move to Nashville. My right. friend was visiting me. My parents both had COVID. My, they were just released to me, and, and I'm now their nurse, and it was a frigging shit show. And she said, you know, my friend, she was pregnant. She just had a baby, and, like, all the friends there put together this Meal on Wheels program to help her. And I'm like, Meal on Wheels? Yeah. She had a great thing happen. I'm yeah. dying here. Yeah. But people just assume she has money. She's good, and it's like it wasn't even about the money. My head was falling off my own body. I couldn't, if I tried, figure out how to order food. Right. Anything. If Kelsey wasn't here, I would have literally just died. Right. And and it was because she was physically here. She got to see the physical needs. You might not have known if you weren't physically here either. Right. But you know, you're just kind of shocked. Where is everybody? Where is everybody? Or when they're like, oh, if we were there, we'd be able to help. And I'm like. You can't just throw a couple cookies in a in a box and ship them to me. I know you're yeah. making Christmas cookies. Just the thought, just yeah. to make me feel like I'm I'm totally. supported. Totally, but people can't get out of their own way. Everyone's right. so busy doing their own thing. So you have to just. I say all of that just to paint the picture, so you know. Like I've equally been disappointed, and now I'm realizing I can't expect that of anybody unless. Right. You have Which, the courage to just say, "I need help,
2: yeah, and it is too bad that you can't just <clears> expect this from people, but we've got a lot of retraining to do until we get back <laughs> to that place, you know, because in a perfect <laughs> world, I think you c- you should be able to expect you know that like when some major life event when happens, it's
0: major it's obvious major guys. it's
2: obvious right, yeah. and then so you so you need to look at is, is this just really bad behavior or Or is it like a a life chaos situation? And the truth is nine times out of 10, it is a life chaos, you know, situation. That to me is still not a good enough excuse. And that's why we got, you got to find your hot shower and reduce the chaos every single day. Mm -hmm. What am I doing to reduce the chaos in my mind? So I can not just show for other people, but show for myself, because if you're not showing up for other people, you know, a lot of times you're not showing up for yourself. And obviously that's a massive problem.
0: Yeah. Um, I could talk about this forever, but um, I'm just going to give you guys a quick highlight before we we um, end the show. There's the nostalgic friend. Ooh, don't we all have those? The nurturing friend. The creative friend. Mm-hmm. Honey, I hope you're listening to this. Um, Kevin's really starting to lean into the people that will foster his creativity yeah. and encourage his creativity. Mm-hmm. The mentor friend. The friend like you, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we all like to be with people that are like us. That's why we all dress the same. (laughs) (laughs) I was glad that you put that in there because I I laugh about that. The friend who's not like you, I think is so important. Mm -hmm. The vital friend, um, your ride or die. And then toxic friends. A couple exclamation points on that page. Um, And so I think you could do yourself no better service than to get this book guys and read it and start dissecting your friendships and, and you yourself yeah. and how you're showing up for your friends. Right? Like I have to be really mindful when I'm talking to Alyssa because my life is like so full of like all this, like vastly different things that she's exposed to. Right. Right. She works at the airlines. Her's her life is like, kind of the same thing every day, right? Right. Mine, I have like all these new things that are popping in all the time. I have to be so careful not to dominate conversations and to make sure I'm asking about her life and her family and everything like that. But that's like me being very intentional to not get caught up. And I know that there were probably times I did get caught up, but I was like, okay, I got to really be intentional here. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Those things matter auditing yourself and everyone around you is really important and as we said very important to your health so on that note I'm taking Aaron to lunch (laughs) Yay! and I'm so excited it only took us an entire pandemic to get back together we got together right when the pandemic started Mm -hmm. and I remember you were writing this book so here we are Um, and we'll probably have to have a part two because there's just so much more but in the meantime Heal Squad we love you Um, if you haven't hit subscribe, hit it now. So you don't miss a great interview. Um, and, uh, don't forget to leave a comment on Apple podcasts. Kelsey will put a link to that in the summary of this episode. Again, the book is called how to break up with your friends, find meaning, connection and boundaries in modern friendships by Aaron Falconer. Great cover, by the way. Thank you. Um, And I love all the colors. (laughs) Uh, in the meantime, be nice people, make good choices and be present.